It's very easy in our lives and because we live in an unredeemed flesh to fall into loving the wrong things, right? It seems like we have a natural tendency in our fleshly nature, in our Adamic nature, to love things that are wrong. I mean, if you want a child to do something or to not touch or to touch something, tell them not to touch it, right, or not to do it. And we just, we have that. And thankfully, though, that the children of God have been made a new creature in Christ Jesus. And as he loved all the right things through the grace and, and the mercy of the Lord and his work in our hearts, we're also able to learn. And to have a heart to love the right things. Aren't you glad of that tonight? That you don't just only have a tendency toward loving wrong things. You grieve about that. You're trying to repent of that and not be that way. But hallelujah, God has not left us to ourselves. But he's given us a spirit of power and of sound mind to the pulling down of strongholds. And he's given us a heart that loves righteousness, that loves and knows how to love right things. So I think that that's very beautiful. So tonight I'm going to ask some of our brethren uh, to uh, help us out in our Bible study tonight. Brother Drew, I'm going to ask you to just have this marked in your Bible so you can read it for us in a little bit. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. I'm going to ask you to read that one. Brother Paul, if you will, read Psalm 1 and 1 through 3 when I call upon you. The first Psalm, Psalm 1 through 3, we've already alluded to it. And then, um, Brother Kevin, if you will, Psalm 106, toward the end of our study tonight, I'm going to ask you to read verses 1 through 5 for us. All right, um, but tonight... Let's see, there's 16 verses, so I'm going to ask for some help. I'm going to ask for eight volunteers tonight to help me uh, read this. Sister Gigi, I'm going to ask you to do verses 1 and 2. Sister June, 3 and 4. Sister Vicky, 5 and 6. Sister Regina, 7 and 8. Mary Reese, 9 and 10. Larissa, 11 and 12. Brother Zayden. 13 and 14. Brother Dwight, you'll finish us up. 15 and 16. Well, wow, that worked out perfect, didn't it? Everybody but Zeke gets to read. All right? All right, Sister Gigi, start us off. Sister June. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of the pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. Sister Vicky. Flyeth. Sister Regina. 
Sister Mary Reese. Sister Larissa. Brother Zayden. Okay, I messed up somewhere, so Sister Avis, you get 15, Brother Dwight, number 16. Okay, all right, wonderful. Amen. Thank you all so much. Psalm 91, the psalm of God's favor. You can feel uh, God's favor. Uh, throughout every one of those verses. But I really want us to focus on verse 14 tonight as we kind of refocus our attention now on the main thought tonight about loving the right things. So verse 14 is the verse that I chose to memorize out of this psalm. And it says here, Because he hath set his love upon me there it is there's loving the right thing right loving the right one and that's where it all begins we can't love right things unless first we love the right one and the right one to love to set our love and affection upon uh is the lord and it says because he has set his love upon me therefore will i deliver him isn't it wonderful that he didn't say because he obeyed all my laws, I'm going to deliver him. Because he's perfect and never makes any mistakes. Because he has a big bank account or any other thing. But it's almost like that God uh, is, has given this love to this person. And because that they have displayed that love back to God, God says, I recognize that. I delight in that. I'm going to reward you for loving me with the very love that I gave to you. Why do we love God? First uh, John tells us that we love Him. Why? Right. And that's not, I love what Brother Andrew Huffman said at the men's conference. He said, that's not just an order of the love that God loves first and then uh, we love second, but it's a causative thing that the very reason that you and I are able to love God is because He has loved us. Amen. Has everybody experienced that to be the truth? That God loved me. And because I realized that God loved me, that caused me to love Him. Well, God says, because someone sets His love upon me, whether it's a man, woman, or child, that pleases Lord in, in such a way, so He makes this promise. Therefore, will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high because... He hath known my name. So there's some knowledge that, that comes uh, to us in regards to this relationship, this relationship of love that we have with God. I want to read you something that C.H. Spurgeon said uh, to me that was just so beautiful in regards to not only this verse, but the, the psalm uh, as a whole. He says... Uh, Please listen closely to this. Try to catch all of this. 
for your life. It is impossible that any ill should happen to the man who is beloved of the Lord. The most crushing calamities can only shorten his journey and hasten him to his reward. Ill to him is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Losses enrich him. Sickness is his medicine. Reproach is his honor. Death is his gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to him or her, for everything is overruled for good. Happy is he who is in such a case. He is secure where others are in peril. He lives where others die. Isn't that beautiful? This triumphant psalm, this victorious psalm, this psalm, as it were, of conquering grace in our lives that comes from God, comes from, flows out of our love to God and God's love to us and our relationship to Him. So the very first thing that we want to think about in loving the right things, we're just going to put it and say it in another way. Number one, the most right thing to love is God Himself. Amen? Now the world doesn't teach us that. The world says, love yourself. Love your passions. The world uh, wants you to actually love it. But the scripture tells us to what? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world, and the world passes away. All that is temporary, but he that doeth the will of God, those are the right things, right? And loves right things, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a great, what a great promise. So we must first see that the most right thing to love is God himself. And so God is looking at this favored one and he's saying, I see that I have made a choice for this person, right? Because that's where love begins is in the electing love and choice of God. That's uh, an everlasting love that he has loved us with. And then with loving kindness, he has drawn us to himself. And so what he is saying is, I see that the love that I set upon this one was not in vain because I see that this one has set his love upon me. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. The song says that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. God says, I see that this one loves me. Oh, can you say that tonight? Could you sing that sweet song? Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Then, beloved, you have loved the right thing. You have loved the right one. And the, and the most right thing is to love God himself. Uh, let's all turn to Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. So we want to love God himself. That's what it says, because he has set his love upon me. That's loving the right one, loving the right thing. Go ahead, Brother Drew, if you're there. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. 
Amen. Thank you, brother. Sorry, I cut you off. These things do I what? I delight. In what things? In the right things. God is just and true and right. And God doesn't even do things because they're right, but things are right because God does them. The right things come from the right one. And if we ever hope to do the right things, it must be motivated out of love for the right one. And we must learn from Him. Who is righteousness? What righteousness is? Oh, beloved, isn't that wonderful that we have been commanded? The great commandment isn't to make sure you're always at church on time, which I hope you try to be. It isn't make sure you give your tithe, which you should do. You should always give back uh, to God what, the, what God says belongs to Him. It's not, oh, be a good father or be a good mother or, or uh, make sure you know all the great doctrines of the church. No, but in His preeminent command to us, it is to love Him. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might. Beloved, it must be getting there. We are in a love affair with God. He's the lover of our soul. You know, there are three great things the scripture says. Faith, hope, and charity are love. But what's the greatest? The greatest is love. The love that God has to us and He has given us a love for Him and a love for things that are right. So the the way, the right way to love the thing that is most right he says is to love with all our heart, not just with part. Not, oh, uh, God, I surrender some. That's not how the song goes. It's, I surrender some. I surrender some. No. It's, uh, I surrender what? I surrender all, Lord. All to Jesus I surrender. All my love, all my heart, all that I am, Lord. I want to be encompassed in love and made active in love to you. Now you show this right love in a variety of ways to God. The number one thing that the way that we show the right love to the thing that is most right is in our gratitude to God. God despises ingratitude. But He loves thankfulness. He loves a grateful heart. So tonight it's not about what we don't have, but it's about who we do have. We have God. Beloved, and if God be for us, who can be against us? God is the greatest treasure, and, and to love Him is the greatest delight and the only thing that fulfills the soul of man. We were made to love Him. We should be full of gratitude to Him in so many ways, right? And we sang that song at the beginning of the church. The first song that we sang was Count My Blessings. So easy just to sing through that song. We all know it. But shouldn't, as you sing through that song, be overwhelmed 
with all the natural blessings that you've been given. I mean, just think about what a blessing it is just to live in this country, just to be able to come here tonight in freedom without fear and to have the freedom of religion. And we've had it for generations now. Oh, and I pray that my children and my children's children might know that great blessing. Just to live in a land where I'm not hungry all the time. I, I don't live in, uh, I can go and get medicine if I'm sick. Uh, oh, beyond just those uh, parliamentary things, we have been given abundance naturally and materially by the Lord. And it's not that way. In the rest of the world. What a what a, just a one blessing there. The blessing of our spiritual blessings, the blessing of the church, the blessing of the gospel, the blessing of the word of God, the bless, the blessing of the fellowship of the saints. Are we showing our love to the one that is most right in our gratitude to him? Oh, every day, every morning, every evening. The first and last thing out of our list should be, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. And then in admiration, we show, we show this love in, in admiration to God. We adore Him. We worship Him. We want to put Him first in our lives and seek His kingdom first and, and give uh, uh, and let His uh, glory and his praise ever be on our lips. He said, "Let the, don't, don't glory in riches, right, Drew? He said, don't glory in riches, but we know that's what the world glories in, isn't it? Don't glory in your might or your strength, but that's what the world glories in. Don't glory in what you think is wisdom, because the wisdom of God, the, the wisdom of men is foolishness to God. Yeah. All but when you glory, glory in this that you fear and you know me. And you're able to love that that is most right and delight in the things that he delights in, which is all those wonderful things that Brother Drew read. A ceaseless effort. This is what admiration and gratitude looks like and, and a single-hearted, and intense, single-hearted love. A ceaseless effort. After one object, when you love something, when people give their heart to something, there's no sacrifice that they won't make. There's no time that they won't put in. There's no distance that they won't drive. Ask anybody. I had a, a four-year courtship from Georgia to Mississippi. I burned up those roads because I loved someone. Oh, is, is that my, am I describing your love for God and my love for God? A ceaseless effort after one object, an intense, single-hearted love. This psalmist said, this one that was favored of God, this one that uh, treaded on adders, this one that he's given all his angels charge, and not just the angels, but in our verse it said, not only will the angels protect you and deliver you. But he said, I'll deliver you and I'll set you up on high. Oh, this is a favored one, isn't it? This is the child of God. This is the child of grace that has been given a conquering grace in their life through deep, ardent love. For God is this flame uh, bellowed by uh, the great 
Oh, Spirit of God, the great wind of God. Oh, this is beautiful. Love the most right thing. The most right thing is love to God himself and in God himself. He says, because he has set his love upon me. That's where it begins. We must set our love upon him. We must be determined. I'm not going to put my marriage over my love for God. I'm not going to put my children over my love for God. I'm not going to put myself or my wants over the love that I'm to have to God. My job, my maybe even it might even be church or ministry can't come over love for God. Love for God. God says, what I'm looking at, I'm looking at your heart. I'm not looking at what you say. Even so much what you do, though they are reflections, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? And and uh, our our faith is proven by our works. But God said it all begins in the heart. In the heart, He says, "I want to see that you love me." Not that Gigi, not that you're perfect. He says, "I don't want to look at Jesus. Is Gigi perfect the way that she should be?" No, but does, does she really love me? In spite. In spite of your imperfections, Larissa, God says, I see she loves me. And because I see that love, I want to favor her. I want to bless her. I want to put her up on high. I want her to know my name. I want her to know me because she loves me. And when you love someone, you want to know them. And you want them to know you deeply, intimately. Oh, beloved, loving the right one, loving the right thing. So secondly, loving the right things, it brings great blessings into our lives. Loving the right things brings great blessings into our lives. Now, that's not why we should love the right things, because I'll do this and I'll get that. That's wrong, right? God sees right through that. And he sees that we love the things more than we love him from which the things spring. But it is a truth that when we love the right things, there is a residual blessing that flows into our lives and the lives of others. And so it is when we love the wrong things, it brings a curse into our lives and a curse into the lives of Others, we read all that from the Apostle Paul. If you show, to, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of this flesh reap what corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, then you'll of the Spirit reap life after everlasting. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Here is this great justification. He says, because He has set His love upon me, He says two things: I'm going to deliver Him, and I'm going to set Him. Up on high. I like that talk right there from God. Isn't that wonderful? That he would say that to us, his blood-bought ones. Sometimes we sell God's love for us too short. And it's because we know how weak and sinful. And we think that God's love is based upon our abilities. But it's not. His love for us is based on our position in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And you and I have been made accepted in the beloved. He loves you just as much as he loves his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's amazing to be loved that way. So he says, I'm, he didn't say I might deliver you or I'll think about setting you up on high, but I am going to deliver you. I ask you today, has he delivered you? Oh, hallelujah, hadn't he? From sin, from death, from shame, from iniquity, from the world, from yourself. He's delivered you, and he's set you up on high. Tonight, you don't know it. Maybe you think you're in a low place tonight. You're not in a low place. You're sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're in the holiest of holies tonight. Beloved, you're but a step away from glory and eternal life with God. And one day, he's going to set you up on high there in mansions of glory and endless delight because you've set your love upon him. He recognizes it. He knows from which it comes. Oh, hallelujah. He says, I'm going to give you this residual effect of this relationship. See, see, Drew, when you love something, you want to possess it. You want to possess it when you love something. God loved us, and so he made us his purchased possession. But what's so wonderful is for the child of God, and this is amazing and mind-blowing, not only God has God purchased us and possessed us, but God says that we may also possess Him. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it's beautiful. I will deliver you. I will deliver you. This speaks to our perseverance, does it not? If God has said, I will deliver you, who will pluck us out of His hand? What shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? All those things Paul said. Nay, though all these things are against us, it won't separate us from the love of God. He will deliver. God preserves the ones who bear His love in their bosoms. It's a bosom love. And God is going to preserve. God is going to deliver. He is going to persevere those who love Him. He says, I will deliver him. I will set him up on high. I will set him up on high. That means he's going to put you above danger, above fear. He's going to give you a love for him that is a warm affection. It's, it's an intelligent trust that we have of God because it's not just based on some figment of the imagination or some feeling but the, the faith of God's elect is an intelligent faith. It is based on thus saith the word of God. It is based on what God has revealed and told us about himself. We know God. We know the attributes of God. You know, it's not, Daddy, that we just know about a city of refuge. We live in it, brother. It's not just that we know about a high tower that the righteous can run to and be safe. We live in it, brother. It is ours by possession. By possession. I will deliver you. I will set you up on high because he hath known my name. 
Mm. You see, this is, this is the last point. Is that knowing and doing the right things is true wisdom. Oh, Dad, I forgot to get Psalm 1. Please read that before we go on to the third and last point. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I, I remember, though. The Lord helped me. See, the Spirit is with us. Go ahead, sir. Do you see the juxtaposition there that we just talked about? The ungodly are not so, right? That's what he said. The ungodly are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind drives away. And the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. He said, but the man, the blessed man, the man that loves the right one, the man that loves to do right things, that delights in him, he, his life is going to be full of abundant blessings. This is a residual blessing because of his relationship with God and his love is set on the right thing and he wants to do right things because he knows right things see we can't even know what right things are unless God blesses us through our relationship to even know what right things are but we know the right one because we know the right one he teaches us what the right things are so that we might do them in faith and trust and believe in him <coughs> And receive the blessings for all of it. And then give him praise back for it. For it all flows and comes from God and back to God. Amen. Yes. So, knowing and doing the right things is true wisdom. Brother Kevin, Psalm 106, please, sir. As we begin to close. Psalm 106, 1 through 5, sir. I'll say what Brother Charles Puron used to say. Man, that's power packed. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness, what? At all times. Lord, I want to know that favor that you have for your people. I want to be visited with your salvation. I want to see the good of the chosen ones. I want to rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. I want to glory in the inheritance, the possession. That I have. We, we, we uh, forget too often that we are joint heirs with Christ. All that belongs to Christ, beloved, belongs to us. All that he is, he is on behalf 
of his people. And in this world, knowing and doing the right things, that's what true wisdom is. This is something that comes into our lives from above. It's, it's a conquering grace that is rewarded by God. It is, it is saving knowledge. This is saving knowledge that is here. Now, there's a knowledge of God <coughs> that men have by nature. They know there's a God by the things that are made. Romans clearly says that. And because of that, they're without excuse. Nobody's going to be in heaven and say, well, I didn't know. No, you knew. You're without excuse. Because the things that, are, that God is clearly seen by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, they're without excuse. But this knowledge that we're talking about, that He says that they'll know my name. Remember what He said in the great white throne judgment. This knowing is a special intimate knowledge. He said, depart from me, ye cursed, you, you of iniquity. I never what? I never knew you. I never knew you. I never knew you. But here, this one in Psalm 91, this one that's going to be set on high, it's one that knows his name. This saving knowledge is, is vital. It's life-giving. It's active. It's powerful in our lives. And so we as God's favorites, we are blessed to know something. And because we know something, we can trust something. And because we trust something in someone, we can believe. And we're blessed. We're blessed. See, Jesus said, if you're able to believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So if tonight, <laughs> beloved, by God's grace, you've been able to see that God has blessed you to set his love, set your love upon him, beloved, that's such a glorious thing. Because when God sees that, he says, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you up on high. I'm going to cause you to know my name. And there's no greater thing that a man, woman, or child can hope for except to know him. For this is eternal life, to know him and the one that he has sent. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.